the Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Welcome to the Italian Grape Geek Podcast. Join us as we explore personal stories of travel and tasting with Italy's must-know grape varietals. Chart your own course with My Italian Grape Geek Journal, your personal tasting companion to accompany the series. Available now on Amazon. With thanks to Colangelo and Partners for their generous support with this project. Hello, it's Gianluca Quiroli. I'm back to talk about Lanzoni Bianco. So Manzoni Bianco is also uh, known as Incrocio Manzoni uh, 6013, which interestingly is uh, a variety that was uh, created in the 1930s by Professor Manzoni, which um, it takes the name from in uh, the Enology School in uh, Conegliano. And uh, originally it was thought to be a crossing of Riesling and uh, Pinot Bianco. Uh, however, it was later determined that the Riesling partner was not actually Pinot Bianco, but it was uh, Chardonnay. Manzoni Bianco is a white wine, a great variety, mainly found in Veneto, but also in Trentino, uh, in the northeastern part of Italy. Usually the production is of uh, uh, white, still dry, uh, which uh, many are medium to uh, full body uh, wines. They're very fresh. They have a, a really nice and intriguing minerality as well as spiky acidity uh, with some spice and floral character. In 2010, just to give the audience an idea, just a little over 1,000 hectares were planted, which is actually interesting because that is um, twice as much from a 10 year before. So I personally encounter Manzoni Bianco in a lot of different DOC and IGT in Veneto uh, as a blending partner. I never, ever try until a few years ago from one of my favorite producers, Foradori, an expression of monovarietal Manzoni Bianco. And uh, I was hooked because I don't think I've stopped drinking that specific wine since. So what happens in the, in, in the vineyard, the way this great variety is and, and acts and behaves, uh, it early ripens, so with an average uh, number of buds, which gives uh, a good yield, not too low, not too high. The vine producer is uh, limited in vigor, and he really, really thrives into soils that have an average fertility, as well as they're not located into valleys, but rather into hilly sites, as well as like a ventilated climate, which is ideal in the northern part of you know Veneto or Veneto in general, as well as Trentino, which is tend to be fairly dry. The cluster is small, it's compact, is a conical shape. The berry are small. They have a thick skin and a very juicy flash with distinct flavors. The only typical challenge is really the sunburn because they're small. They can really get into a sunburn. Typically is trained on spur cordon or gill. And they have a good resistance because of the, the thick skin variety that it is. They also have a good resistance to cold uh, winter and to late frost, which again 
makes this area of Italy, of Veneto, and especially Trentino, uh, sometimes subject. The grape producer really high quality wines. They are moderately aromatic. They fruity with stone fruit, you know, peach, pear, and some spices. And me personally, maybe is a producer uh, related compound and quality. There is always an undertone of uh, herbal component along the spice. The wines can be quite concentrated. They're fairly rich and dry with a good backbone of acidity and uh, minerality, which can be you know, fairly high in some vintages and from some locations. There is also a very notable florality in the aromas. They have a great structure between the body and the acidity to make it suitable for sparkling wine productions, which typically there are wines that are found in Italy and very rarely make it outside uh, Italy. So as we said, mostly you know dry with some sparkling production and uh, more and more producer now with increase in size and acreage throughout the two regions that we talked about, they tend to produce monovarietal wines. When it comes to how do we pair Manzoni Bianco, me personally, I really, really, really enjoy it alone as a standalone. It's a wine that has a lot of different aromas going on and I enjoy it alone. But if I were to think, I actually drank in my last bottle about two weeks ago and I use it with a pasta with onion and tuna. So I thought that was actually a great pairing. You also have a good match with the saltiness of uh, anchovies, for example, or some caramelized goat cheese, as well as some buttery and cheeses like a gruyere. What is he found in Appalachian and regions? We talked about, you know, Veneto, we talked about Trentino, and they usually are in Trentino Doc, in Colli Verici DOC, or Colli di Colignano, in Vicenza DOC, as well as Bianco di Custosa, which for me personally is where I encounter the most Manzoni Bianco blended. And uh, of course, as a benchmark producer, I would strongly recommend uh, Foradori, which makes the Monovarito as well as uh, Lagader from uh, New Trentino. Coming back to America, Venetale International Academy, the ultimate Italian wine qualification will be held in New York City from 4 to 6 March 2024. Have you got what it takes to become the next Italian wine ambassador? Find out at Vinitaly.com. Hello, I'm back. Uh, it's Gianluca, and we are going to talk about Marzemino. Or, shall we say, Berzamino, Berzemino, Bassamino, Uva Tedesca. So, the grape, it's uh, commonly referred to Marzemino, but in the uh, is history, has actually been used locally or not with a lot of other synonyms. The concentration of what we find this grape is largely Trentino Alto Adige, Lombardia, and Veneto. So we are really into the northeastern you know, part of the country. There is a little bit over 1,000 hectares, so it's relatively uh, small. And it's thought to be an offspring of uh, Teroldigo, and a parent of Marzemino Bianco, and uh, Refosco dal Peduncolo Rosso. It has been documented for over uh, seven centuries and always been considered a very high quality. 
again, like many others, uh, and as we saw in the latest one on Manzoni Bianco, it's more typically found in blended wines and appellations with other grape varieties. In the vineyards is a late ripener. It's a dark skin type of grape. And uh, the main difference being the cluster shape and the organolactic features. It's a medium, a medium long cluster, which sort of like a two short uh, wings, if you will, but it's very like cylindrical pyramidal type of shape. It's a medium size. It has blue and black colors, if you will. And the skin is fairly thick. It also has some uh, pinkish color effect in his flesh and is a very flavorful but quite straightforward aromas. It's a very vigorous grape, so a lot of potential challenges by the vineyard managers and viticulturists to keep uh, yields down and uh, in favor of uh, quality. However, it's quite easy adaptable to almost every soil type, whether it's clay, calcareous, pebbly, stones and whatnot. He likes very dry and ventilated climate, which again, in that part of Italy, especially Veneto and Trentino, it happens quite you know often, maybe going into Lombardia, depending on where you are on the sides. It is susceptible of powdery mildew, however, and some uh, other type of rot diseases as well. So there's a lot of prevention that goes into the vineyards and it's quite a bit, a lot of work. However, when it is really grown in those areas where there is less climatic influence, it becomes very, very easy to grow, as we said, and quite vigorous. What does it look and what does it taste like in the glass? So the first uh, type of aroma that really catches your interest is really the sour cherry, as well as some herbal aromas. However, the balance of the acid and the tannic structure it's quite remarkable. It's very refreshing. There is this overall uh, red and black berry scented bouquet that is lively throughout the drinking experience, you know, really, of really intense ruby red. The body is medium to full, and it can be quite, you know, tannic, especially in his youth. What type of styles do we encounter with this grape? Well, dry and still red, you know, wines, they can be if tannins are properly managed, they can be on the fruity side and quite drinkable in the youth. But they can also, depending again, how fermentations are gone down to more structure of the tonic presence and therefore need a little bit more time to develop. As we also mentioned, it's often blended. And one of the most important appellations is Colli di Conegliano in Botticino DOC. As a blending partner, we found Merlot here, but also some Barbera, which is everywhere in the north, especially of Italy, and some Sangiovese as well. There are versions, mostly locally, that you can find of Passito, as well as uh, a Boccato medium sweet, and uh, also some uh, sparkling version, mostly in Emilia-Romagna and Veneto, if you feel adventurous to try. I personally, I try a medium sweet and mostly the dry wines. I never personally try the sparkling, but I'll make sure that is on my list to do next time I visit one of those regions. The food pairing, I would uh, probably divide those two styles that I described. The more tannic structured ones 
perhaps with some roast, whether it's lamb or beef, and maybe with those you know herbal components like rosemary, garlic, and so forth. And those that have a less uh, tiny structure and mature blue cheese or a cheese, it's always easy to match with. In terms of appellation, we mentioned the uh, Colligi Conigliano, which is probably the most uh, important one, but I would also consider Colligi Scandiano di Canossa, as well as Trentino DOC, along with Botticino. And in terms of producers that you can find probably beyond Italy, you certainly have uh, Cantina Furlani, as well as Cadefrati, which is typically what we find here in the U.S., but also more within the Italian territory and those regions Levinia di Alice, as well as Pazini San Giovanni. I hope you enjoyed the series and thank you very much for listening. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.